Hello, this is Justin Williams with the Wolfpacker Podcast. I'm joined today, as always, by co-host Matt Carter, and today we are going to reflect on NC State's fourth game this season, right? Or was it fifth? Either way. Fifth game. Okay. Got NFL going on, college football going on, everything going on, but we have the bye week coming up this Saturday, so a nice time to talk about what happened in NC State's win over Louisiana Tech, and also a good time to look ahead to what is to come on the Wolfpack schedule for the remainder of this fall. Uh, quick reminder for the listeners at home, viewers at home, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us. And as I've been saying, and you guys have been listening, so thank you for all of your support. But please subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already. We are 10 subscribers away from our goal of 1,000 subscribers. And like I mentioned on the last podcast episode, maybe we'll have a surprise for you guys. We still don't know what it is, but we'll come up with something and call it your reward for getting us to 1,000 subscribers. So please, if you haven't already, go to YouTube, go to the Wolfpacker YouTube channel and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give this video a thumbs up while you're at it and uh, drop a comment if you feel like giving us some feedback, want to just say go pack, whatever, we're there. If you ever have any questions, feel free to post them in the comments. Uh, Maybe we'll you know, if we get enough questions, maybe we could make a special podcast episode one day if you guys wanted to do something like that. So we love an active YouTube channel and appreciate Wolfpack Nation support. All right, Matt, let's talk about the Louisiana Tech game. NC State enters the bye week 4-1, and one, and NC State wins over Louisiana Tech 34-27. You know, not a super – wasn't a blowout. It was closer than – fans probably wanted against a team that's not a power five non-conference opponent louisiana tech actually outgains nc state in this game by about 60 or so yards a pretty competitive game for the most part although i think nc state really took control of the game in the third quarter just never seemed to have that knockout punch seemed like it was coming in the fourth quarter never came came down to a pretty close call and nc state ends up with the one possession victory but Matt, what was uh, what were your thoughts? You were there in the press box on Saturday in Carter Finley Stadium. So just your impressions from NC State's outing against Louisiana Tech. I thought the analogy you just <clears throat> used uh, was perfect. They just didn't land the knockout punch. They were a better team than Louisiana Tech, but they didn't land the knockout punch, and that was the uh, that was the problem. You know, they had the fourth and one. Yeah, they 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 went up 27-13, uh, and they flipped over from third to fourth quarter. NC State, uh, about a minute into the fourth quarter, had a fourth and two. I think it was at the Louisiana Tech 33-yard line. Um, they went for it, and rookie Poston only got a yard when he needed two. You know, if Ricky gets the first down there, I'm confident NC State had just scored touchdowns on his previous two possessions. I'm confident they would get another touchdown or if not a field goal. And that really changes the dynamic. It makes it a three-possession game. Uh, changes everything about the way the game's going to um, play out. And um, they didn't. Louisiana Tech, to its credit, drove down the field and scored. I thought the defense maybe got a little wore out in the fourth quarter. 
Um, but, you know, I, I think the best way to put it, as you said, they just didn't land that knockout punch. They were that fourth down conversion or one defensive stop away from this game being over. Instead, they had to literally defend the last play of the game to make sure they win. Um, but I'll say this real quick. We don't want to spend too much time on Louisiana Tech, but that's not a bad Louisiana Tech team. Uh, no. If you look at it, yeah. SMU, who they lost to on a Hail Mary, is undefeated and now ranked in the top 25. Mississippi State, who they had a 20-point lead on in the fourth quarter, beat NC State and beat Texas A&M. They got folks in the top 25 in both polls this week. So, you know, kudos to Skip Holtz and Louisiana Tech. They played a really good schedule. They held up well. Um, you know, you see a little bit of they played to the level of their competition that maybe if they couldn't get it over that and just be superior to the team they play, um, then they'll be fine. They could very well win Conference USA. So, um, I know people see the name Louisiana Tech, um, and not think, oh, that's a game should win easily. But in all honesty, that was a pretty solid win. I mean, that would that would that was a pretty. I think that's going to hold up as a pretty solid win for NC State. Yeah, that that's a game where I wouldn't be surprised if Louisiana Tech won out the remainder of its regular season, and then you know by the end of the regular season, because so many of these ranked teams seem to be losing every single week this year. There's a lot of parity in college football this year. I wouldn't be surprised to see that Louisiana Tech team find a way to sneak into the top 25 maybe as like a 24 or 25 or, or a team that's receiving votes at the end of the year because its schedule really lightens up after this week and I mean like you already mentioned they had to go on the road to Mississippi State they lost that game by a point led at one point by 21 points NC State uh you know I don't think Louisiana Tech held a lead in this game if I'm recalling correctly I think they tied multiple times but NC State was able to keep the lead for the majority of the ball game, but it was it was very a neck and neck contest. And Louisiana Tech's offense was impressive when it needed to be in the fourth quarter. You know, I think it kind of goes both ways. I think NC State's defense maybe let its foot off the gas a little bit in the second half, whereas it was the NC State defense we've become accustomed to in that first half, where you know some really strong three and outs. I think there were maybe. A, were some generous calls from the refs. Uh, there was one particular play I saw from Aiden White where I thought he made a great pass deflection in the first quarter, which ended up being called for a pass interference, which I didn't necessarily see. They didn't slow it down. I didn't see the slowed down replay, so maybe he grabbed him a little bit. But um, I thought Aiden White had a really good game, by the way. Solid interception um, yeah. in that game. And I thought, you know, the defense, I'm not going to take away too much from it in the second half. Maybe the defense just needs this bye week to get rested up, get ready to go for the main ACC stretch. Um, let's talk about the offense a little bit because I think that's important. I mean, pretty, I would say, kind of an expectation game for this offense. Devin Leary, two touchdowns, no interceptions, a little bit over 250 yards. Ricky Person, Bam Knight, basically identical stats, 15 carries apiece, roughly 90 yards apiece, both have a touchdown. And this receiving core, obviously there's a ton of pass-catching options. Nobody jumps out with, you know, 100-plus yards. Emeka Mezzi made some really great catches. Devin Carter made some really great catches. Thayer Thomas had some really good plays where he got some yards after contact to get some key first downs. Um, but there's just something about the offense where 
just needs a little bit more of a spark. You know, there just seems to be a bit of a lack of explosiveness where there have been flashes, but it just it just hasn't been coming as much as maybe you'd want for this NC State team to really take a step up and say, you know, definitively, for NC State to step up and definitively try to take the claim that it's the best team in the ACC, it's going to need to show a little bit more sauciness, sexiness. I, I don't I don't know the best word to put it, but do you know what I'm do you know where I'm coming from, Matt? I mean it was it wasn't a bad game from this offense, but I feel like it left maybe a little bit on the table. It was a uh, slow start too. I think that was uh you, you were hoping for a, a big start right out of the gun. Um and it didn't happen. Um it was just a slow start and against a defense that have been so porous this year um you know that 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 to me is what stood out is that it just it just you were you're hoping that they would lift the defense a little bit you know i do think i wondered if they were a little bit tired that dave dorn said in a coaching show earlier the week that you know tuesday the first day of practice they looked like they were tired and worn out and you know, when you add in the plays that they were in for penalties against Clemson, because they don't count on the stats, so they were really in on the field for well over 100 plays against Clemson um, in an emotionally draining game, and I'm sure they had a little bit of a hangover offensively. But, you know, one thing I would like to see is Bam Knight in particular come out running a little bit stronger early in the game. Yeah, there have been a few times where I felt like rookie person comes in and, and comes in running hard and that kind of jump starts everything and then bam kind of takes the cue and he starts running hard and then everybody doing well and, um so i kind of but that's happened remember the south florida game was somewhat like that um yep. i think the clemson game was a little bit like that um <clears throat> you know that was i think at one point bam had five carries for 10 yards against louisiana tech and he got it going and ran really really well in the second half really well um but that might be one thing too to kind of you know get things jump started because once they ran the football there was nothing louisiana tech could really do uh, to stop nc state you know, it was surprising how ineffective they were running the football in the first half you bring up a really good point where they could have been tired this week i feel like there is something to say there because look if we look at the track record of acc teams records the week after that team faces Clemson, it's not a very good record. Clemson doesn't only beat you once, they beat you the week after because it's such a physical matchup and it's such a physically demanding matchup that the team is exhausted going into the next week. It leads into the next week of practice and and so on. And just because NC State won that game, of course you do want to come out of that result with a win. Just from an emotional perspective, from a confidence standpoint, those are some points gained there. But there is still that physical element of that game. That was a very physically challenging battle against Clemson. This is an NC State offense that ran 97 plays against that hard-hitting Clemson defense. So, yes, I think it is fair to say that, you know, maybe maybe that offensive unit was a little bit tired or just maybe a little bit banged up. Great time for the bye week to come about. Um, like I was saying last week, I'm glad that it was a home game, a night home game against Louisiana Tech as opposed to the game that's coming up after the bye week, a road game at Boston College. Because if you look at the first five games, that's the only sample size 
that we have of this NC State football team so far. And if you were to rank the performances, I don't think it's fair to, to characterize this as the second worst performance of the year, but you know, I thought NC State's worst game was clearly at Mississippi State. Wasn't its A game, didn't play well. Had it played an average game, it probably could have been a close contest. This game, I thought NC State was pretty average. I thought it played, you know, about to its expectations, but left some on the table. You might have wanted to see a little bit more explosiveness on, on both sides of the ball, maybe a little bit more consistency on defense, maybe a few more explosive plays on offense. But I don't think this was the same NC State performance that we saw against South Florida in the opener, where that NC State team was clearly energized, ready to go, was dominant for four quarters throw out the Furman game, but I thought NC State did what it had to do against Furman just because it was getting ready. It was trying to build up its confidence before Clemson. And of course, we have to give the best performance of the year against Clemson because that was the big game. So, but what I'm trying to get at is that, you know, maybe this was the second worst performance of the year so far. Wasn't a bad performance though, because if this was an off night for the Wolfpack, that's a good sign because that's still a good enough outing to go beat a lot of your, a lot of the rest of the schedule that's left. I mean, I, I still think that Louisiana Tech team would probably be about a 500 team in the ACC this year. Yeah, I, I like what Dave Dorn said after the game. I think he said, uh, and I might be quoting him verbatim, I think he said, it's great to beat a team when you're not great. That's, pretty good. that's, that's a good team. And so what he's saying is they didn't play great um, and they still beat a good team. It's like in golf. Yeah, the pro golfers, yeah. when they miss, they're still hitting the green. They just got a 20-foot putt left. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, look. So, yeah, I, you know, look, I don't think that was a really a seven-point game. You know, I and mean, I agree with you if you had to rank them Clemson 1, South Florida, Furman 2A, 2B. Or that, you know, sadly, I think that South Florida team wasn't that whole much better than Furman, but yeah. Uh, obviously, Louisiana Tech is four, and it, your fourth best performance is a solid win over a solid team at home. You're off to a good start. And actually, the PFF grades will see how they evolve over the week because they do evolve. And she they got a really good, really good grade from Pro Football Focus for this win over Louisiana Tech. So, um, and we're now at the point of the year where we can start figuring out okay, this team and that team, this team and this team. You know, Duke. Yeah, they won three games, and they beat a couple of Power 5 teams, but those Power 5 teams are Northwestern and Kansas, and for Duke, it was a battle for other teams. That, like Nebraska, they're crushing Northwestern, right? So we now have sort of a feel for, okay, this win looks like this, this win looks like that, and kind of get a better idea for what these games mean and what they and, – and, and how we should quantify them and, and, and all that, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, you look at this stretch coming up after the bye week, and I think you circle really these next three games as kind of the deciding factor of how this ACC schedule is going to go. You get the road game at Boston College coming up the Saturday after the bye week, October 16th. It's going to be a night game in Chestnut Hill. Um, I think that's you know an acknowledgement from ESPN that both of these teams are – towards the top of the ACC Atlantic, towards the better, among the better teams in the ACC this year. So the fact that that's a primetime game, I think it's going to be on ACC Network. But still, um, you know, when that schedule was released, that screamed of a, of a noon 
RSN kickoff. So glad to see, well, maybe not for you, Matt, but I like to see it as a night game. Um, and then you go on the road to a Miami team that has really struggled this year. Been a very disappointing season for Miami so far. I think Miami already has three losses after its loss to Virginia at home. Uh, I think that was, what, Thursday night, Friday night. It was a weeknight game uh, this week. You don't really know what you're going to get from Miami because it's still a talented team. It's still a team that a lot of people had high hopes for going into the season. This was a team that was ranked in the top 15 in most preseason polls. I know that doesn't really matter a lot, but it's still a talented team, and it's a team that if it decides it wants to play well, you know, could be a pretty pretty challenging game. Although I think the way things are trending, NC State could be a favorite. And then you look at that homecoming game against Louisville at home, you know, a game that we weren't really too worried about at the beginning of the season into the preseason, and then especially after week one when Louisville was blown out on a neutral field against Ole Miss, you thought, hmm, this Louisville team looks terrible. But really, I think it more, has more to do with Ole Miss being a pretty darn good football team, and Louisville yeah. just didn't, didn't see what the defense was coming. It was offensively slow out of the gate in that game, and Louisville's been a pretty strong team since. So those three games, you know, NC State might be a 60% chance to win if it's a favorite, 40% chance to win if it's, it's, it's an underdog. But I see all three of these as being pretty much – toss-up coin flip type games and I don't I mean if you're NC State you'd be sitting perfect if you can go 3-0 and in that stretch but I think yeah. if you really want to make a strong push for the ACC Atlantic you got to find a way to at least go 2-1 and one. You know, realistically if you want to win the ACC Atlantic this is a huge you mentioned this is a huge three week and if you're 3-0 and you're 4-0 and in the ACC going into November that would mean Boston College would have two losses at least, with the two losses being Clemson and NC State, which puts them in a real bad spot for any tiebreaker. NC State would have wins over Boston College and Clemson, which puts them in an excellent spot in a tiebreaker. And then realistically, at that point, you know, you're kind of looking at hand. If you could win all three of those, it's then about handling business against Syracuse at home who's been better than expected, but they're still not that great. Handling business at Florida State. And then knocking off Wake Forest. If you knock off Wake Forest at that point, really the Carolina game, it would be meaningless. It would be statistically meaningless. for their, So, you know, that would be obviously great. Now, that, that's the best of all best-case scenarios. Win every game to the UNC game, right? I mean, if, they, if they do that, you know, screw ACC title. Let's talk about where they stand in terms of New Year's Six Bowl. Or has there been enough chaos for them to sneak in? Uh, you know, top ten potentially at that point. I mean, that, that, that I that's mean, you could a... you could say it. I think if NC State w- was to run the table at that point, there would be talk of college football playoff four seed. This year, this year, they would have to really Mississippi State would have to go bonkers uh, to justify it. I think that Mississippi State loss would have to look a lot better. But we also know, let's be real, we know the perception of the ACC. I'm not saying that that perception isn't reality either. I'm, I'm not arguing against the perception, but the perception is, is that without Clemson, it's a bunch of mediocre, average teams, and it can be hard to overcome that perception. But, um, but you're right. To dream the dream, it would be awesome if you could go three and zero, and you and and 
And you and kind of, I think they kind of go hardest first. So maybe that's a good thing to get the hardest one right after the bye when you're most rested and you can prepare the most. We'll see where Miami is. I mean, they're, they're close to possibly hitting a boiling point on their season, a breaking point on their season. And you're right, Louisville is kind of a, a wild card, I think, in the ACC, particularly with a quarterback that can that can really run around. Um, it's interesting, though. The Atlantic, if you were to do a power ranking of the ACC, I think five of the top 16 would be in the Atlantic. Yeah. Everybody would be accepting of Syracuse and Florida State. Who would be your top three right now? Yeah, you have to give strong consideration to Pittsburgh. We all made fun of that loss to Western Michigan, but apparently I hadn't looked at it, but I've heard Western Michigan's actually a pretty decent team this year. It's not as bad as loss as people might think. It is. They did beat Tennessee. Went on the road road and beat a good Buffalo team too. Who, Western Michigan? Yeah, this past week. I know. I had Buffalo plus seven. (laughs) There you go. So that's, that's how you knew it. I was wondering how you knew about that. But, but uh, they just destroyed Georgia Tech Saturday. So I'm not so sure Pittsburgh might not be the best team in the ACC. It just, um, and then, um, but then it's some kind of order between Wake Forest, NC State, Clemson. I think you have to go Wake and NC State, 1-2 in the Atlantic. Clemson a solid third. Georgia, uh, Boston College a solid fourth. And Louisville a solid fifth. In the, in the Atlantic, and I'm not so sure that they represent five of the six best teams right now because if you look at the Coastal, the only other team that can make a case is Virginia Tech. That's the only other team that could really make a case. Um, I still don't so. I still don't think Virginia Tech's week one win looks looked so much better in week one than it does now, right? You beat UNC at home in dominating fashion, really. I mean, physically manhandled UNC, although you make mistakes in the second half try to give the Tar Heels every chance to get back in that game. But UNC isn't a quality win right now. So, yeah, I think people's expectation – Virginia Tech, what, they they went up to the top 20 after that win and then haven't really played anybody since. Lost pretty well, they played West Virginia, fell behind big, but they did make a heck of a comeback against West Virginia. Yeah, I think you can make a case between them or Louisville for sixth in the yeah. ACC. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, NC State still had to play four of those five teams that we talked about in the Atlantic. And uh, can you really can you really say that there's that? I mean, the group with Pittsburgh, NC State, Clemson, and Wake Forest. You look at all their resumes spread out. I mean, really, there it's all kind of the same. They look like, you know, and, and Boston College. Is, Boston College is pretty much in that group too. Yeah, but Boston College didn't find a way to beat Clemson, so I, I'm yeah. not I'm not putting them in that group because I think Wake Forest, you know, given that opportunity, I think Wake Forest is totally capable of of beating Clemson. I mean, I I would I'm looking at that Wake Forest game and saying if NC State doesn't go three and zero in this upcoming stretch of games, that Wake Forest game is no no ifs ands or buts about it. It's a must win if you want to try to get to an ACC championship yeah. game. Because I don't, I don't see Wake Forest losing more than twice, and it's NC State and it's it's Clemson. Yeah, and I hate to say that. My curiosity, I will say, my, I like I like Wake Forest a lot. You know, I took a lot of heat on our message board for predicting Wake Forest. You know, I went eight and four for NC State during the regular season in my predictions, and Wake Forest was one of the losses I had. 
Um, people kind of hit me hard on the message board saying that I only did that because NC State was playing in Winston-Salem, and Winston-Salem had been a house of horrors for NC State, especially in football. And I came back, I said, that's part of it. But also, Dave Clawson said this was his best team at Wake Forest, and he's had good teams at Wake Forest, so this is going to be a good Wake Forest team. So I'm a fan of Wake Forest. But we, they, one thing that I wonder about is, uh, had anybody played an easier schedule? in Wake Forest so far. Yes, that was a nice win over Louisville, but Louisville kind of make a reputation on beating Central Florida, who I noticed is, I think, two and three or three and two. They're not a very off to a great start this year. And they beat Florida State, where they had to hold on at the end of the game to win the game. So it does make you wonder, you know, are we overrated? And I, I say this as someone who right now includes Louisville in the top six. But I do wonder if we might be overrating Louisville and, in a sense, overvaluing Wake Forest a little bit and wondering if Wake Forest still has played anybody. To your point, you can only play the schedule you play, and they got a nice setup until November. And when you win that much, success breeds confidence, and that'll be a confident bunch coming November. Yeah, I mean, at worst, Wake Forest is going to be 8-1. and one going into the NC State game. Because Wake Forest's next four games coming up, at Syracuse, at Army, home against Duke, at UNC. I UNC, to me, on the road is the only game Wake Forest can lose. I don't see Wake Forest. Wake Forest is a well-disciplined team. It's a team that takes care of business against inferior opponents. Army, Syracuse, and Duke all fit that bill. Wake Forest is a better team than all three of those teams. I think talent-wise, UNC can stack up against Wake Forest. It can get into a shootout against Wake Forest. But Wake Forest is also equipped enough on offense to, to win a shootout against Carolina on the road. So we'll see. And real quick, that's a non-conference game to our listeners. That game will, even if UNC beats Wake Forest, it does not impact Wake Forest's ACC record. Hmm. Um, that is an out-of-conference game between those two teams. So That's... Something I mean, I, I feel like I knew that before the season happened. That's such a stupid that that even <laughs> exists, but okay. Yeah, I mean, it's cool that they get to play. I mean, I'd rather that game be played as a tobacco road rivalry than it not be played, but <sighs> ACC, just go to a nine-game conference schedule and play, and play inter, in the divisions, play non-conference games in these stupid FCS games, move those to the <laughs> spring. It's so It's so easy. It's so obvious for, for television inventory if anything but anyways that's off my soapbox and by the way wake forest after the nc state game last two games for the deeks at clemson and at boston college tough way yep. to end the schedule so i do say that wake forest game i still look if you want to go win the acc atlantic you you have it within your reach you you have the power you know you you control your own destiny if you're nc state go win that game but if you can win these next three that Wake Forest game, that's what I'm saying. It's not necessarily a must win because Wake Forest could go lose those two games after. You know, you don't want that to be the scenario. You want to have the control, but that's why these next three games are so important. So a lot to be excited about for Wolfpack fans. I'm sure we'll hop back on with the podcast before um, we get ready for Boston College prep podcast. But for Matt Carter, this is Justin Williams. This has been the Wolfpacker podcast. Quick exit reminders for our listeners at home. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us. 
We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, everywhere you listen to podcasts. So go subscribe to the show. Listen to us. They'll be downloaded automatically in your queue. Also, if you're on YouTube, even if you don't use YouTube, but you have a YouTube account, you have a Google account. Everybody has a Google account. If you're listening to a podcast, you have a Google account. So go over to YouTube.com. Subscribe to the Wolfpacker YouTube channel. We are 10 subscribers away. We're not gonna we're not gonna do another podcast until we have our thousand subscribers. So if you want to hear the next episode, you gotta go mm-hmm. subscribe. I think we're gonna get our ten subscribers here this week, and we will celebrate that on the next podcast episode. But get us over the edge, please. If you haven't already, please, please, please go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Get us over the hump to a thousand, and follow us on social media. You can follow our main account at the Wolfpacker on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Justin H Will on Twitter, and give us a like on Facebook, NC State Wolfpack on thewolfpacker.com. So again, for Matt Carter, this is Justin Williams, and this has been the Wolfpacker Podcast.